0: we're in the book of Revelation. We're in the 13th chapter. Now, the book of Revelation is easy to find. It is right between the book of Jude and your eternal future. It's the last book in your New Testament, the book of Revelation. We'll we'll be in the 13th chapter. And um, there's some things that the Lord wants to share with us today. And we're going to be looking at the second beast in revelation 13 you say well who is the second beast well the bible calls him the false prophet and we'll be looking at that in just a little bit and see where the scripture says that he is the false prophet by the way he'll be the last one he'll be the last one now there's false prophets in the land today but there's coming the last one and uh, he'll be thrown into the lake of fire as well Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word, Revelation chapter 13. And um, it's always a blessing to get together and open up God's Word. And um, excited about the fact that we are living in the last days. Verse 11, chapter 13. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth And he calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark of the name of the beast, of the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Boy, we need that, don't we? Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six, or six six six. I want to use for a subject this morning the second beast. May be seated. I'm going to explain some things as we get started that I think is very important. Have you noticed? When you read the book of Revelation, you see strange things. You see things that are incredible and symbols and signage that almost causes you to wonder in great wonder when you look at some of the things in the book of Revelation. Revelation seems to be so strange, kind of like 2019, 2020, 2021. 2022 Revelation isn't near as near as strange as it once was because we have seen in recent time things come together that are so demonic and so wicked that only the bible can really explain what is transpiring in our day. The second beast is the false prophet The first beast is the Antichrist. He is a political Antichrist. If you'll notice, it says in verse 1 that the first beast coming up out of the sea, and the sea represents nations or unrestful world, the population, Gentiles and Jew alike, the world in troubled sea, troubled times. And this beast comes up out of the sea having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. It says in verse 2 that this beast resembled a leopard, also had the feet of a bear. It also had the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, as we notice in chapter 12, the dragon is the devil, gave him power and his seat and gave him great authority. And so we see this first beast coming up out of the troubled seas, the troubled land. How many would agree that we are in a troubled land today? A massive, like a troubled sea, everywhere we turn, it's like raging, foaming waters of despair and fear upon the land. And up out of that great turmoil, The Bible says that a beast will arise. And that beast will have the likeness of a leopard representing, according to Daniel chapter 7, 9, and 11, the Grecian Empire. If you know anything about the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great conquered the world in just a small time, at least the known world at that time. A leopard is fierce and rapid-moving. Also, it has the... it has the appearance of a bear. A bear is forceful, merciless. And it is like the Persian kingdom. And then it has the mouth of a lion. And that mouth of a lion is the, is the Babylon. And so we see that the seven heads, Now I'll explain to you the seven heads, and we'll get to moving here in just a little bit, but we need to understand what those seven heads are. First of all, the first head is Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. That's seven heads. The next head that is coming will be a monstrosity, a beast that's without the that Daniel speaks of in chapter 7, 9, and 11. It will be a beast that is a mixture Of Grecian, the Babylonian empire, the Roman empire, many calls it the revived or revised Roman empire. That will be the seventh head. The ten horns speaks about ten nations, and the Bible speaks of those being authority, the ten horns, ten nations. And upon the heads of upon his head was the name of blasphemy. The ten nations are like the United Nations, the the um, NATO, the one world government. In the future, the world will be divided up in ten nations, and from those ten nations will come the first beast the Antichrist, the ruler of the world. He will be king. And in that great uh, exploitation of planet Earth, he will have abilities to speak with great, incredible language, great articulation. He will sway the planet and bring them to admiration. And they will look to this one man over this planet to bring them hope and cheer. He's the Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist could be one like Christ or one opposite of Jesus. This first one, the Antichrist, the first beast, is one anti-God. It is someone that does not acknowledge God, at least in the in the end time of his reign. The other one is a false prophet, and he is a anti-Christ, religious. He is, and by the way, the two beasts are kind of like Siamese twins. You can't hardly prime apart. You kind of mix them up, and you try to get them confused because there'll be not one world dictator, there'll be two. One will be a political dictator, the first beast, and the other one will be a religious dictator. He is called the false prophet. Now, it, go with me to the 16th chapter of Revelation, and I'll show you the, the uh, devil's um, ungodly trinity. In fact, did you know there's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? The devil also wants to imitate Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so in the 13th chapter, you see there is the dragon, which is the devil. There is the beast, which is the anti-Christ; And there is the false prophet, which is the unholy spirit. That's the trinity, an unholy trinity. Look at verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mountain come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the, of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Now, um, we know here in verse 13 that the second beast is the false prophet. The dragon, of course, is mentioned in, in Revelation chapter 12, and the dragon is none other than the devil. The beast in this first part of chapter 13 is the Antichrist politically. And then there's the false prophet that will glorify and promote the first beast, the Antichrist. I'm glad to tell you that in Revelation chapter 19 verse 20, that the beast and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire after the great tribu- at the end of the great tribulation. Then later on, the devil himself in chapter 20 verse 10 Will be cast in to the lake of fire. Woo! The devil himself will be cast in to the lake of fire. Now, before you bring an indictment against God and say, well, God must not be a loving God because there's a lake of fire, let's remember something very clearly. In Matthew 25, the lake of fire was not, is not, has never been created for you and I. The lake of fire was created and made and decreed. For the devil and his fallen angels. The devil. And there's not anybody in this room that would not agree that the devil needs to go to hell. Everybody agrees with that. And so the lake of fire was not made for you. Now let's go back just for a minute and and let me share the first thought of the sermon today, and that is the stage will be set. The stage will be set. It's almost set now. Something so horrific will take place on planet Earth. Perhaps the rapture. Perhaps a great devastation. Perhaps the colliding of an asteroid against the planet. Perhaps a mass economic collapse. Perhaps disaster coming that we don't even know of. Will hit this planet and bring such unrest... And such turmoil that the world will bring together ten nations. And they will get those ten nations in a league together in Europe. And there they will choose someone that will rise up and lead the ten nations. And that someone is the first beast in Revelation 13. It is the Antichrist. He will have such an incredible voice of of persuasion. He will be political, but he will sound so real. I don't know about you, but I listen to politicians and they sound so plastic. They don't sound real at all. But this Antichrist will sound so real. He will have such persuasion. Now, before we go into any further uh, dialogue about the Antichrist because we're going to come to the false prophet in just a little bit. Let me, let's ask Jesus what he said about it. Let, let's go to Matthew 24 and let's ask Jesus what he said about the end time. How many are interested in knowing what Jesus said? I, I'm interested in knowing what Jesus said. Now, notice in Matthew 24 verse 15, well, no, let's, let's go down to uh, verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. I think it's interesting when we stop and think about. Jesus Christ he's saying that in the end time there will rise up false Christ and in the end time there'll be one rise up that will speak great swelling words he will be so persuasive in the time of trials look at, look at Matthew 24 uh, verse 4 and 5 the last part of verse 3 the disciples said what shall be the sign of his coming and of the end of the world what shall be the sign of of thy coming. These disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the world? Jesus Christ said, here's the sign of the end of the world. He answered and said unto them, verse four, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then of course we read the scriptures just a moment ago. Where this man will be so persuasive, this Antichrist, that he will speak great words and he will sway the people into believing incredible things. He will, the Bible says that he is given a mouth, this Antichrist. Look at verse 5 in chapter 13. And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months. Look at verse 6. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Now notice the scripture is very clear that this antichrist will have a mouth. And that mouth doesn't mean You know someone that's mouthy. That mouth means there's great oration, articulation in this man. This man will sway the earth. Now, I'm against Hitler. I despise Hitler. Hitler was putrefying, vile, dark, and wicked, but he could move the people with his articulation. Why? Because it was demonic. You see, just as Hopefully you hear me preach, I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. We know that Jesus Christ had the Holy Ghost without measure. We know that when we speak, we speak with the, the the voice of God, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. But this Antichrist will have a mouth, and he will be anointed by the dragon. He will be inspired by the unholy spirit of the devil. He will have the tongue of an angel, a fallen one. He will have the glibness and the, and the intelligence and the slyness and the deceitfulness as a fallen angel. He will be angelic in his speech. Why? Because he will be demonic possessed. It's Antichrist. Daniel says in chapter 7, verse 25, he shall speak great words against the Most High. Daniel chapter 7 verse 8, it says, and a mouth speaking great things. Verse 20 of Daniel 7, talking about the little horn. The little horn has eyes and it has a mouth. And Daniel says this little horn out of a nation has a big mouth. The leader of this little nation has a big mouth. Why? Because he knocks down three nations and takes over the seven nations. And there he makes his prominence, his dominion. Same thing in Daniel 7.20. It talks about a mouth speaking great things. Here's what it says in Daniel 11.36. And the king shall do it according to his own will, to his will, and he shall exalt himself. This is the false king. This is the Antichrist. And shall magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. That's the Antichrist. That's the first beast. He will come on the scene and say, okay, everybody has to listen to me if we're gonna survive. He will come onto the scene and tell the whole planet, we are in dire need. We must come together. We must come together in religion. We must come together in in oneness. We must come together and build us a place of utopia. We must come together and build that which will stand. Let's build us an empire. Let's build us a utopia. Let's build us a place. We don't need God. God lets you down. I'm your God. I'm your Christ. I'm your Savior. I'm your deliverer. And Jesus Christ, don't you believe it for one second because it's not so. If they say he's in the desert, don't go. If they say he's in a hidden chamber, don't go because he says, you want to know when I'm coming? You want to know when it's the end time? Jesus Christ said, they'll show up false Christ, false messiahs but when they say, lo, he's there lo, he's here, Jesus Christ said, don't you believe it? When I show up it'll be as lightning from the east to the west. I will come in great glorious power and everybody on this planet will know that I am the great I am the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says, don't you listen to a bunch of lying, a bunch of deception and false prophets. You listen to me and understand that when it gets so bad, that's when I'm going to show up and snatch Israel out of the fires of hell. And I'm going to bring deliverance to the world. And I'm going to bring salvation and I'm going to take the old false prophet and the the Antichrist. I'm going to cast him in the lake of fire. I'm going to set up a kingdom and a blessed kingdom, peace on Earth and goodwill to man and I'm going to take the devil sometime uh, later and I'm going to throw him in the lake of fire with the beast and the boss it. and it's going to be done and heaven's coming to earth Amen. that's Jesus now I uh, as you can tell I'm getting kind of excited about that look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 and 8 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Verse 4 and 8. I love this. Verse 4 Paul says, The Antichrist who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called of God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 8 And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. When Jesus comes, the devil is fried. When Jesus comes, the false prophet and the, and the uh, Antichrist is destroyed. And Paul talks about that here to the church of Thessalonica. Now, I know some of you are saying, when are we going to get to the 666? Everybody wants to know about the 666. Well, let's look at the, the second beast for a minute. The, the, the first beast is, is, of course, a political figure. He will rise up and he will tell the whole world, you need to listen to me. Now, I wouldn't have thought the whole world would listen. I, I, I wouldn't have thought the whole world would get panic, But since 2019 and 20. I've just about come to the conclusion that people are crazy. They're just nuts. You know what they'll do to people that loot in the, in the stores and steal food and loot in the stores uh, during the Great Tribulation? You know what the Antichrist will do to them? Shoot them, graveyard dead. Kill them. Right there on the spot. Now let me make a statement, and please listen to me carefully. The farther a nation gets away from God, the farther a nation or its leaders get away from God, the more force and control the government will have on its people. Don't miss that. What they're going to do is the Antichrist is going to rise up, this United Kingdom, the United Nations, and they're going to say, okay, world, We're not going to have a cash society. We're going to have a cashless society. That's coming soon. We're going to have a cashless society. Your money don't mean nothing. Just paper. Going to come a time you're going to go into a store and they're going to say we don't take money. We just take cards. Just take numbers. That's already happening, by the way. And in the near future, it will be a cashless society because they can track you with numbers. But they can't track you with cash. So they're going to do away with cash so they can keep track on how you spend your money, what you spend your money on, and where you go and what you do. They're going to have full control of your income. That's happening. That's already in the making. That's part of the One World New Order. And for those of you that like the New World Order, just remember... You can chalk it up with Bush Sr. being credited for making the announcement that we were going to go as a United Nation. Whether you like him or not, the truth is presidents have been lining up to promote this United Nations for a long time now. And that's where we're headed. Before you get too, too upset with the leaders of our country, just remember that God does the puppet string. God's preparing for the last days. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what did this coronavirus do to us? What what did this, this 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 germ that many of our loved ones have died because of this what, did this? what did this uh uh coronavirus do to us? Was it part of the market of eating? No, no, no. It's just a, a bad sickness. It was like something like the Spanish flu. It was bad. But look at the leaders, how they wanted to control you. Little old peons in the county wanted to control you. Notice how everybody wanted to take control of you, because you didn't have enough sense to wash your hands and make sure you don't kiss the the wrong person. You don't have enough sense to stay home if you're sick. We got to give you a test to see if you're sick. Really, really. I don't need a test to know if I'm sick. If I'm sick, I know I'm sick. Yeah, but you might be sick and not know you're sick. That's a bunch of nonsense. You can wash that hog any way you want to wash it, but that's just not true. Amen? If you're sick, you're sick. You're carrying around something. I know you. Everybody, everyone in this room is carrying around bugs. You say, why? Because you're buggy. we all are. I'm buggy. You're buggy. You say, preacher, you're bugging me. I know, because I'm buggy, and you're buggy. Everybody has viruses. Everybody has diseases. But we have what is called God given to us immune systems. And a brain on our head to decide what we should do and shouldn't do. We don't need some politician that has nothing in his mind but this. Trying to tell us what to do. Amen. Come on. Say amen or owe me one. And something so tragic will happen. Look what it did in the coronavirus. Don't misunderstand me. I've got some loved ones that died because of the coronavirus, because of this COVID. And I'm not, it, it was deadly and it was awful. And I'm not making line to that. But I want you to know if we really have something hit our planet much worse, a megaton, trillion times worse than a coronavirus. The whole world will line up and let one man that is dragon-possessed, articulative, powerful, to take full control of the planet. That's your Antichrist. And he'll say, I got the answer. And I want you to know Jesus Christ is the only one that has the answer. But the world will say, we got the answer. I've seen several presidents in my day. And every one of them said they had the answer. And not one of them did. You want to know the answer, find a God-called, spirit-filled preacher, and he's got the answer. And he'll point you to Jesus Christ. Your Bible has the answer. And so things are going to get so bad that there's going to rise up a revived Roman Empire, a beast that's going to rise up, ten league of nations, There's going to be a false prophet rise up, and he's going to promote the first beast. The false prophet is going to... And by the way, he is the unholy spirit. See, Jesus had a prophet. His name was John the Baptist. And he was born full of the Holy Ghost. The dragon is going to have a false prophet. And the beast is going to have a false prophet. And he's going to be full megatons of unholy spirit. He's going to have a mouth. He's going to have a mouth like the Antichrist. He's going to have an articulation out of this world. He's going to have a a fiery stirring of his ability to speak and sway men by his articulation. Israel will... Take that, accept that. Israel will look at the Antichrist and say, we finally got the one that can control the world because this, and if you think the Antichrist is just going to be, you know, he's going to pass out lollipops and cotton candy the first three and a half years, you're an idiot. It's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. There's going to be war, rumors of war, even in the first three and a half years. Hello. There's going to be earthquakes, earthquakes, I know somebody of you are sitting there saying, he called me an idiot. No, if, you, if you're not an idiot, I didn't call you one. If you are, then you got it. Hello. Well, I'm leaving the church. Well, if you do, you know what you are. But anyway. <laughs> the false prophet. Now, let's, let's share some things about the second beast. He, is the exalt, he exalts the Antichrist. Verse 12 says, he exercised the power of the first beast before and caused the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Notice that there is about this false prophet, he has ability to call fire out of the heavens. I'm going to explain that in just a moment, but I want you to listen to me. According to Zechariah chapter 11, verse 15 through 17, there's a good chance that the first beast will have an attempted assassination. He may be killed. He may be almost killed. But according to Zechariah chapter 11, this false antichrist, this False leader, verse 15 through 17, the last few verses of chapter 11 of Zechariah, will end up after this injury, his arm will be withered. And his eye, he can't see. A perfect description of a bullet through the brain. Now here he talks about the sword, but there's a good chance that this false prophet will heal the first beast. He will actually be used to heal or to raise the first beast from the dead. And the whole world will wonder at the power of this false prophet. Now there is a different interpretation. Some could say, well, it's the Rome fell apart. You know, you had your... You had your seven heads. you got the first one, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. And then Rome falls apart. And then it looks as though Rome is dead, but the new revised Roman Empire rises up. So someone says, well, that is the raising up from the dead. That, that makes the whole world wonder. You can believe what you want to believe. But I want you to know that this false prophet has power to do unimaginable things. And he will promote... The first beast. The second beast will promote the first beast. This anti-Christ will have his false prophet to exalt and to magnify him. Now the Bible says that he, I think he probably did heal or was involved in the healing and the whole world wondered at it. Everybody loves a good story of a of a, a leader being attempted assassinated, but he lives. Everybody loves a story like that. Not that they were assassinated, but that they live. Everybody loves a great story. Amen? Wouldn't it have been a great story if John F. Kennedy would have lived? Wouldn't that have been a great story? And I'm not comparing John F. Kennedy to anything evil. I think he was a wonderful man. But I'm just saying that people are looking for a hero. And the false prophet will be that. Israel will say, Elijah has showed up. And they'll believe that this false prophet is a true man of God. And they'll also believe that the Antichrist is a true... Now, some people believe that the first Antichrist up out of the waters is a Gentile. I'm not totally sure about that. He could be a Jew. But notice the second beast comes up out... The first one comes up out of the water, the troubled seas, picture of troubled humanity. The second one comes up out of the land. Now, when it speaks of land here, he's talking about Bible lands. He's talking about from Dan to Beersheba. He's talking about from Egypt to the great Euphrates. He's talking about the Middle East. Up out of that land comes this false prophet. And he will promote the first beast and declare that he is the true Christ. Now, notice there's something else he does. He calls, He maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Now, it doesn't say that that fire coming down out of heaven kills people. It just says, He makes a fire come down out of heaven in the sight of men. Stop and think for a minute. Just stop and think. Where we're at now. There's a power shortage on the earth. Stop and think. Electric cars, wonderful. If they run good, that's great. But you better carry a very long extension cord with you when you travel. California has rollouts, blackouts, brownouts. And it's going to get worse, and I believe it will reach Missouri probably this winter. There's going to be shortages of electricity. All because you hurt not the oil or the wine. Refuse to go for the oil. And so now you've got everybody looking for clean energy. And so the false prophet says, you want some clean energy? You want some power? There it is. All the power you need. You can drive your cars. You can heat your homes. That's a way that I realize that I'm assuming that that might be, but that's a good might be. Amen? Now, I wouldn't have thought that, 10 years ago, but I think it now. Now notice, let's make some sense out of this. The false prophet commands to make an image in the sight of the first beast. That image is gonna be put up in the temple of God in Israel. Now, in biblical days, way back, I say biblical days, we're living in biblical days. But anyway, you know, back in B.C., They had idols. Those idols were made of wood, stone, silver, gold. And those idols were, they had eyes but they couldn't see. They had nose but they couldn't smell. They had a mouth but they couldn't talk. They had feet but they couldn't walk. They had hands but they couldn't deliver. We have idols today that have eyes and they can see. They have ears and they can hear. They have a mouth and they can speak. They have hands and they can move. They have feet and they can walk. They're called androids. They're called artificial intelligence. They're called idols. They're called computers. They're called angelic creatures uh, that man has made to make it look like we can implant someone's mind inside of one of these robots and we can live forever. You say, that sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird, but I'm hearing it every day as I listen to the radio and look at other uh, aspects of the world. People believe that in this day, they're going to overcome death because they're going to figure out how to put the right gene in our body to make us live forever, or take some of us and put the mechanical devices in us to make us live forever. That's weird. But it's so weird, it's true. It's revelation. Now, notice the false prophet says, take this image, and it'll be an image that looks like the beast, the first beast. Now, the first beast is not satisfied with just ruling seven nations or ten nations. He's not satisfied with that. This first beast is going to want to come to Jerusalem. Why? Because the first beast is filled with the dragon. He's filled with the devil. And the first beast is going to want to come to the temple. Why? Because that's where God showed up with Israel. That's where God sat on planet Earth. That's where God went to the tabernacle, to the temple. That's where God was. And remember Lucifer, the devil, in the beginning said, I will be like the most high God. I will ascend above the throne, above the heavens. I will sit in the place of God. I will sit in his chair. I will sit in his throne. And that's why he wants wants to go to the temple because he wants to sit where God sat. And when he does, he's going to run everybody out and they put that idol up, and the nation of Israel will know they've made a terrible mistake. Anybody getting anything out of this? Now, they're to make an image of the one that was wounded, verse 14, by the sword. He used a sword, probably a gun or something, and he did live. He had power to give life unto the image. The image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship. The image of the beast should be killed. He's referring to Jews there. They're not going to bow to this idol. They're not going to worship this idol. And because they're not, it is the abomination of the desolation that Jesus spoke of and Daniel spoke of. And Jesus Christ said, when that happens, get out. Get out of Jerusalem. Run. Now, notice what the, the, the beast commands. Verse 16, and he called it all both small and great, rich and poor, free bond, this is verse 16, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is a number of men and his number is 603 score and six or 666 six, six. now let's look at the mark for a minute uh, notice it says that this antichrist or the government system is going to require everybody to get a mark they're going to have a mark on their right hand or in their forehead You say, well, why are they going to have a mark in their right hand or the forehead? Because they can't buy or sell without it. Now, someone says, well, is that a literal mark? I think so. You say, oh, people won't do that. Have you ever looked and seen how many people wear tattoos? It's not a problem. It'll be a mark, a etching, a tattoo. And I'm not saying if you've got a tattoo, you did. I'm not saying, please, don't take me wrong. If you want a tattoo, that's your business. I don't have a problem with that. I just want you to know that the the devil will brand everybody. And he will put his name on their forehead or their right hand. You say, well, why their hand or their head? Well, you know, you can cut your hand off. You can lose your hand. But you ain't cutting your head off. And I believe there'll be some that will take the mark, and because they regret it, they'll cut their hand off. But they ain't buying and selling until they either have a mark on their forehead or on their hand. And it's a literal visible mark. I don't believe that. Well, we, know, we understand that spiritually, God's mark is invisible to us. Everybody in this room, you have the name of God on you if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, God has marked you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have a mark on you. God has already put his name on you. you. If you're a Christian, God's name is on you. You can't see it. You can go to the mirror and look, but you won't see it. But God's got his name on your head. Someone said, well, that's just what you think. And that's just, you know, what you do. The hand means what you do, and the forehead means what you think. Wait a minute. Now let's back up. God can see the invisible. The angel was told in in Revelation, don't destroy, don't blow the winds upon the earth till we have sealed the 144,000. And the angel went and put God's name on their foreheads, but angels put it there and angels could see it. But I don't think anybody else could see it except the Spirit, God. God. I believe that God can see the seal on us as Christians. The world can't see it, and that's why we need to live for God. But you say, "Well, preacher, how could you possibly believe that the mark of the beast is visible?" You're a store owner, and someone walks through your door, and you—and it's invisible. You ain't gonna know. You've got to be able to see that mark on their forehead or on their hand. Maybe it's an infrared light that reveals a, a stamp or a, a logo. Maybe it's something they use for a light, or maybe it, you, you can just see it. You say, well, that seems really tacky. Everything the devil does is tacky. Can you imagine 666 six, six on your forehead? Well, wouldn't you look pretty? Pretty damned, pretty doomed. Now, I don't think it's 666. I don't think that's the mark. I believe the mark is the name of the beast. Now, 666, it talks about the number of the, uh, of the man. Now, we know that six is the number of man. God, three is the number of God. Seven is the number of totality. Six is God made man in six days. So six is the number of man. And there's 666. Now, I don't think it's literally 666, but it is a mark. And it'll be a visible mark. In other words, when someone walks in to buy or sell, they'll see a visible mark. Now, if you're a Christian, the mark won't be there. It'll be invisible because God sees his mark. So when you walk into a store to buy some groceries, and you... You know, everybody says, well, the mark is invisible. That's not correct. The mark that the beast will require will be visible. Whether it's under infrared light or whether you can just literally see it, the mark will be visible. Say, how, how can you accept that? Because if you're running a grocery store, what are you going to do? Give them a Jesus sobriety test when they come to the door? Hello? Hello? Yes, it's visible. It'll be a visible. You say, well, that's so tacky. Everything the devil does is tacky. But I've, I've discovered if someone decides they want, you know, I, I, I got to watch where I go here. And you know, as a pastor, I'm always watching where I go. But if, if somebody decided they were going to wear bell bottoms, now some of you look at me like, I know what bell-bottoms are. I do too. It's like two skirts on each leg. It's a bell-bottom. But if if Hollywood decides to wear bell-bottoms, then everybody else is going to wear bell-bottoms. Because it's in style. It's It's goofy and retarded. You listen to a preacher that knows what I'm talking about. I used to wear bell-bottoms. I walked with a dress on each leg. I had a little goatee down here. And I had a V t shirt. Do you know what a V t shirt is? It's got a V in front of it. And my two little hairs were sticking out as a teenager. That's cool. No afro, but that, I was cool. I used, I used Vaseline. Vitalis, actually what it was, Vitalis. This guy back here wore an afro, right? Yeah, yeah. One time, I wouldn't admit it, you're, you're, on, you're on camera. Anyway, if everybody starts doing it, I mean, if everybody decides, okay, I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna wear uh, one sock on one foot, no sock at all, and I'm going to paint me an orange ring around my ankle. And people will look at that and say, wow. And you're not in style until you've got one sock on and an orange ring around your ankle walking around. Even face masks got in style. Hello? Hello? I'm not against face masks. God bless your heart. Some of you need one on now. I'm not against that. I, I'm not against trying to stay healthy. Amen. But if you, if you decide you're going to do something, I've got a few minutes. Either that clock, somebody has stopped it, or i got a little more time. But I remember I heard all these stories about skinny dipping. Anybody ever heard stories about skinny dipping? Has anybody in this room ever skinny-dipped? Well, I guess it's just me and Oh, there's more. There's more. Jerry, you skinny-dipped? Another used name, Don. Don, Don? The dawning of a new age. Skinny-dipped. I heard all about these glamour skinny-dipping. And as a 16-year-old, I drive down to the Green Bridge... I'm going to put this in my book, by the way. I drive down to the Green Bridge. I'm by myself. I'm not going to skinny dip with my buddies. You, you think I'm crazy? So I thought, I'm going to skinny dip. Everybody else has done it, I heard some cool stories. So I drive down there with my two skirts on the end of my legs, and my bell bottoms, my little V t shirt, my two hairs sticking out. And I pull my shoes off, put my billfold in the glove box of the car, pull it over there, Green Bridge. Not much traffic. You might have a car go by Green Bridge. How many of you know where Green Bridge is? All right, some of you grew up around here. Uh, Green Bridge might have a car go over it once every hour. Back when I was a little real young, and so I thought that's a safe place to skinny dip. So I, I took off my uh, my billfold and my license and all that and put them in the car seat. And then I walked down to the little, long, about waist-deep water there in Finley River, just upstream from the Green Bridge. And I thought, man, I'm going to skinny dip. I'm going to have a story to tell. Whew, that was right. I wasn't expecting it. And I took all my clothes off. I mean, I took everything off. I skinny dipped. And... When I took all my clothes off, I waded out in the water, and I felt so liberated. And I'm skinny dipping. About 20 minutes. Seemed like two hours, but about 20 minutes. And I'm done skinny dipping. I thought, man, that's a reward. Made it. If car come by, just squat down. And it'll look like I'm up to my chin in water, and I'll be okay. Well, I got done, and I threw my clothes up on a rock my shoes were down at the bottom of the rock and I thought and when I turned around to get my clothes they were gone everything was gone but my shoes my bell bottoms were gone my v-shaped t-shirt was gone my underwear was gone the only thing that was left was my shoes and my socks (laughs) I didn't have a cell phone hey would you bring me some clothes down here why I'll tell you later I'm naked I didn't have a cell phone I didn't have a way to call anybody here I am stranded at Greenbridge naked can't find my clothes And I'm thinking, I can go to my best friend's house, but his dad is a seriously joker and and gossiper, and if I go to my best friend's house, his dad will get a hold of this story and I'll never live it down. So I decided not to go to my best friend's house. Then I got thinking, Well, I go home? And I said, no, I'm not going home. Guy and Martha Jane lives there. My mom and dad. And I'm thinking, that would be a bad move show up at the house with just shoes and socks on and naked. Said, well, I'll go to Larry Marcus' house. How I many remember Larry Marcus? I'll go to Larry Marcus' house because he had told me the, the day before he was going to skip school, play hooky, and he was going to stay home. His mom and dad would be gone. I thought, perfect. I can go to his house. I can get some clothes. So here I am sneaking to the car naked. With just my shoes and my socks. I didn't put my socks on, by the way. I just left my shoes on, and I went to the car. I got in the car. I started it up, Whew. and then it dawned on me: if I get pulled over, if I get pulled over by Buff Lamb, I'm in serious trouble. Listen, you can get pulled over a buff lamb with clothes on and be in trouble. But anyway, and here I am driving naked. And I'm careful. And I'm just thinking, please don't fail me now. Car stay running. And I drove to Larry Marcus's house. And I laid on the horn. No car was there, just laid on the horn. Just haunt. it seemed like I had honked for 15 minutes. Finally Larry comes out. He still got boogers in his eyes. He'd been asleep. He came out, I I yelled at him. I said, Larry, bring me some clothes. He said, what? I said, bring me some clothes. He said, what for? I said, I'm naked. (laughs) He said, what? I said, you heard me. Bring me some clothes. Just pants will do. And Larry brought me some pants. But you got to remember, Larry was three times my size. And so I drive home with pants three times my size, a full whited skirt, all the way home. When I get home, mom and dad is not there. I could have spared this embarrassment. So I go in the house, I put on some clothes, I take Larry's big pants, put them in the trunk of the car, I get away with it. No one knew about it. Larry's in heaven right now. No one knew about it, and now I told it. Now, what I'm basically saying is, if, if it's in style, if, if everybody thinks it's in style, you're going to do it. Listen, if you do it, you're making a mistake because being in style is not always right. And they'll take this mark so they can buy and sell. And when they take this mark, I don't know whether it'll be pretty or whether it be tacky, but they'll take a mark, forehead, the right hand, and they can't buy or sell without the mark. Now, good Christians that get saved after the rapture, that know the Lord, they're not going to take this mark because to take the mark means damnation, means to be doomed. And so they don't take the mark. Now let me wrap this up. You say, what is the mark? Well, we know that the mark of God is invisible. It's the seal of God. Uh, it's mentioned in Second Timothy chapter two, I think around verse twelve or thirteen. The seal of God, we have it. It's invisible, but the other seal is visible. Now, someone said, "Well, what is it? It's six six six. Is it a logo?" I don't know. I don't know. But it will be some sign, some some mark. That you'll have it may it probably be the name of the antichrist it may not be it may be a logo you say well it's going to be a barcode no they just put that on hamburger packages a barcode that they just put that on things you buy but anyway it, wouldn't we look pretty walking around the barcode on our head but anyway but you're not going to be able to buy and sell because everything you've got is cashless it's figures it's numbers and you say, well, what is the number of the beast? Well, um, there's been a lot of calculating. And if you know anything about Hebrew or Aramaic language, are pretty close knit together. Hebrew language, each letter of the alphabet means a number. And you can take that number, add it up, and if you move the numbers around, cru- cook the books a little bit, crunch the numbers, you can come up with all kinds of names. When I was growing up, Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist because they crunched the numbers. They were wrong. They're still wrong. Richard Milhouse Nixon was the Antichrist. Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. The closest one I ever heard that might be right is if you do the first numbers and calculate it correct, it comes up to computer. Might be the closest thing. But why don't we spare people's names and not be trying to calculate figures and falsely accuse someone of being something or not? That's happening all across the world today, especially in Bible prophecy conferences, trying to brand someone as the Antichrist. When he shows up, I'll be gone because I'm going with Jesus. But when he shows up, and he finally is revealed, his name will be crunched, and his name will end up being 666. When he does show up, it will be so. So, let's don't waste our time trying to figure out who he is, and let's spend more time figuring out who Jesus is. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. And Jesus Christ said, When I come for those that on earth during the Great Tribulation, it'll be from the east to the west. Every eye will see me when I come. That is the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the rapture, the catching away of the church, happens any moment any moment. Isn't that beautiful? And you and I that have the seal, amen? You and I have the seal, God's seal. We ain't got a thing to worry about. By the way, you say, did I take the mark? No. This is the middle of the great tribulation. Trust me, we're not there. And so it's not a code bar. It's not a computer chip. It's not a, and by the way, there is computer chips that can be put in the hand, and the forehead. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not saying no. those things won't be used. It's possible. But still yet, the store owner's going to have a hard time knowing whether you've got a chip in your hand or in your forehead. They might scan it, but that'd be as far as it goes, you know. Uh, you could tell that way. So I, I, you say, well, you don't know, preacher, do you? And I said, you're right, I don't know, and you don't either. But I know this, skinny dipping's a bad idea. And I know this, don't try to count the number of the beast to 666 because you'll calculate it wrong every time. Amen? And so there will be a mark. And I think we're going to approach that any time. But first, we're leaving. Amen? Let me tell you, friend, the whole world will line up to get their mark. I gotta take you one more place. I I don't Did you know there's another place in the Bible where 666 is? How many believe the Bible ought to be interpreted by the Bible? 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14. This is the only place that 666 is mentioned again in your Bible. Bible interprets the Bible. Who was the richer man? Who was the richest man in the Bible? Who was the wisest man in the Bible? Solomon. There you go. Same guy. Wisest, smartest. Apart from Jesus. Notice verse fourteen. Now the weight of gold. This is the salary of Solomon. Came to Solomon in one year was six hundred three score and six talents of gold. 666. The mark will be. The mark will be. A mark of economy. The economic mark. And it also be a religious mark. The worship mark. People will line up for money. People will line up for prosperity. Prosperity. And there ain't nothing going to keep them from taking a mark unless they've got the real Jesus pulsating in their heart. Because the whole world will line up for their check. The whole world will line up for their mark. Solomon was a good man, at least until he married all them women. Solomon was a good man. It don't taste. You know, it, it, something wrong with a man that wants 700 wives and 300 cucumber vine, or com- or concubines. But he was rich, and the Bible says his salary for a year was 666. And everybody in this world is driven by money. Everybody in this world, they need their food, they need their pleasure, they need their things. And I believe this mark will be all about economy, all about buying and selling, be all about food, survival, and the whole world will line up for it. Amen. That's the mark of the beast. Solomon was a good man, at least up until the last part of his life. Solomon, and let me tell you, there's a lot of good people that's going to line up and take the mark because they're not going to watch their children starve to death. Say, I thought children go to the rapture. Well, believers' children go in the rapture. And there will be babies born in the Great Tribulation. And people's going to do anything to feed their family. Well, why don't they just go steal it? Yeah, and they'll be shot on the spot. I don't know about you, but you're really treading deep waters, drowning waters, if you're sitting here saying, well, I'll get it right with God after the catching away of the church. I'll get right with God. If I miss the rapture, I'll just get right with God then. And you can, and many will. People will be saved in the great tribulation. You can and you will. But it would be so much simpler to get the seal of God on your forehead and your heart and go up with us then they have to fight and scrap and try to survive and then eventually be killed for your faith in Christ or starve to death because you can't involve yourselves in the economy. See, this Antichrist is going to control the economy. This false prophet's going to push religion. By the way, the old harlot, the religion's going to ride on the beast in chapter 17, but the beast decides, I don't honor any God. And the beast will kill the harlot in Revelation 17. So it's going to come down to God or anti-God. And that's what it's coming down to now, God or anti-God. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose Jesus. Stand with me. Now after dinner, y'all folks go get you something good to eat, then Green Bridge is three miles upstream from Riverside Inn. I didn't tell you the whole story, so you're going to have to get the book, because I come to a conclusion at the end of that skinny dip, so I'm going to write that in the book, and, and I found out who stole my clothes, but But I want to say today, we're right there. A tragedy could take place. What if Yellowstone blew up today? It would destroy most of America. What if a volcano erupted on the east or west coast? It would cause great havoc. Mount Santa Helen showed us that. What if a massive earthquake all the way up California coastline? What if a meteor to hit ocean or land? won't you agree that everything will be in such chaos that the whole world will say, okay, let's set this up. Let's get this going. I don't plan to be here. I don't plan to be here. Now, I may be here when tra- tragedy comes. I may be here when an asteroid hits. I may be here when a great calamity hits. But I'm getting ready to leave soon. I'm mean, getting ready to leave soon. Caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Amen. Altars open. I want to invite you. Have you got that mark of God on your mind and your heart? Have you got that Holy Ghost visible by God's love and God's eyes? Have you got that seal of God on you? If you don't, come forward this morning and say, God, I need you to seal me. I need you to seal me unto the day of redemption. I need you to put a mark on me. Because I don't want the mark of the dragon. I don't want the mark of the world. I want the mark of Jesus Christ on my life. Would you do that today? Altars open.